Welcome, everybody, to the final Jersey Baseball Show of 2021. We'll kick it with some generation next uh, next week, but this is our final true JBS episode, and no one better to have this with than one of our favorite people, one of our Sandlot legends from 2020. We're catching up with Aiden Healy down at Rot- well, home now, but from Ra- at Rollins College now. Welcome, Aiden, and uh, always good to see you and, and, and good to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Mike. Uh, like you said, I'm at Rollins, but obviously home now for the winter, getting my work in. And uh, couldn't be more excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. I hear the West Mars uh, triplets are, are, are reconnected. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, as of earlier this week, Connor just got home. He drove up. I drove up from Florida and Breezy flew in from Texas. So all three Sandlot baseball players <laughs> are back together, lifting, causing problems. It's a in- Christmas miracle. That's right. Uh, Best. It's the best. <laughs> I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. No. So you're a great guy to finish this year with um, because your story is, I don't know what you want to say, amazing, ridiculous, nonlinear, incredible comeback story, you know, um, just uh, fantastic and, and, and a great message to get out to everybody here around the holidays and, and, and you know, why we stick to things and, and keep going. When you were with us in the summer, um, just had a, a, a really good freshman year at, at, at Furman right before COVID or, or kind of getting ready to, you know, started, I think, pretty much every game as a freshman. And, and then COVID hits yes, and then Furman decides no more baseball. So your whole D1 path drastically shifted and your whole journey drastically shifted and and let's let's start from there and 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 talk about what what's happened since. Okay. All right. So flashback to my freshman year. Um, my freshman fall comes. You know, I'm true freshman, and I'm starting to get some reps in the inner squads. And you know, I'm starting to really light it up as a true freshman. My coaches found faith in that, respect in it. Spring comes around, and Sure enough, I got my opportunity and I played pretty well as, as a starter, as a true freshman. I started in right field, I think, for my first two starts. And then I obviously moved back into shortstop. So I played multiple positions at Furman and it was a great experience. Everything I could have asked for, um, my, co- my coach there, my head coach and my assistant coaches, my head coach, most importantly, uh, Brett Harker, is still the most, one of the most incredible men in my life because his... Um, his outreach beyond just the program at Furman really helped me get further in the game of baseball. Just so much more uh, when it comes to helping school, helping with schools and just moving on because he understood the situation. We were dealt a really, really crappy card. COVID came around. Our school tried to blame the reason why we were losing the baseball team on a financial issue. We found out that it wasn't actually a financial issue with the school. We had plenty of money. It was actually a Title IX issue. There were too many male athletes to female athletes. And that was what actually caused the decontinuation of the baseball team. That was probably happening regardless of COVID is what you're saying. Yes, sir. It was a buildup that that probably started around the beginning of the time the lacrosse team was introduced uh, at Furman and it was just something that was swept underneath the rug and kind of came out when I was a freshman. So that's just honestly how it, how it, the cookie crumbled. So, okay. So that was kind of my freshman year. Um, COVID happened. Uh, I was on vacation. I got a call from my head coach. I never got calls from my head coach. <laughs> got a call from my head coach. And I was like, 
all right, guys, this is not good. So I go into my room. Coach says we have to jump on an immediate Zoom call. Uh, it's extremely urgent. I could tell from the tone in his voice that it was just not going to be good. And I had saw what happened to Bowling Green the week before. So, right. You know, worst, worst case scenario just popped right in my head. And I remember jumping in my bed, jumping on the Zoom call with every single one of my teammates. And uh, my athletic director started the conversation by saying, this is a conversation you're never going to forget. And I instantaneously knew what, what was going on. <laughs> I knew from that, I was like, that's it. That's how this is going to go. I'm going to need to find a new home. And sure enough, he continued the conversation. It's like, we are discontinuing the baseball team. and. If you, you want to stay as a student, you can stay as a student. You don't even hear anything else at that point, I'm sure, right? It's like I, I, I no exaggeration. I remember close slamming my computer. I ran out of my house. I was wearing a Furman shirt. I threw it off, and like I just walked. I just went on a walk. Like my dad had to come up and catch, like and catch me, like because I was so distraught. Like that was my family. The one true thing about Furman that I don't think I will ever get anywhere else. And this is all credit to Brett Harker and Taylor Harden. They made our team a family. And I've never in any way, shape or form had that kind of experience in any way. Like our head coach brought our, every single class from freshmen to seniors over to his house to have dinner with his family, to understand him, to make a bond. And I've yet to have any kind of experience like that in baseball, because a lot of people get, really caught up in the business aspect because it really is a business at the end of the day, college baseball. And to have someone like Brett Harker and Taylor Harbin just really show how, show show us how much they care about us and put that time into getting to know us so much more than just baseball players, but rather as people and trying to spread the message of becoming a great person and a great husband and a great worker in whatever we do. And the last thing I'll say about them is, Brett Harker told me, he said, dominate where your feet are. And I've used that more than anything else. He has gotten me through so much because um, as I'm going into my next segment here, after Furman, I obviously, um, I went to Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU. Pretty interesting um, transition. So we started uh, started looking for schools right after Furman. And it was in the middle of the summer, so I really didn't have – too much time. I had a week or two to basically find a new home at after everything that happened at Furman, which was really crazy. Um, so it was very chaotic. Like I had tons of schools calling me, emails, trying to keep up with it. And it was really cool because I was actually embraced as a higher caliber athlete because I was a true freshman that had some statistics that started mm-hmm. at the division one level. So my name actually meant something in the transfer portal. And um, all the attention was really cool, but it kind of got to my head. Uh, one thing I want to tell every single kid out there is it's not a chase for the highest level. You're going to get to the highest level if you're good enough. And they will always find you, but the right fit is more important. And I had to learn that the hard way. So I rushed into a decision with Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, my head coach, Brett Harker, was a great play into that. He also helped me get more scholarship money and worked his ass off to have a good, good relationship with my coaches there. And, you know, he honestly gave me a credible uh, or put me in a credible position to, you know, have success. And also I just had an incredible program. So fall comes, fall comes, um, start working out with VCU. Everything's, everything's good. I mean, I really like the stadium. 
just all our facilities were insane. Like our strength coach, like all of the amenities to being a division one athlete were very clear. And you had all of those luxuries in front of you. And it was really, really nice. But sure enough, my fall comes around. Uh, COVID still is happening. I get put into not a 14 day quarantine, but a 28 day quarantine because I was contact traced with two of my roommates and each roommate that gets COVID is 14 days. So I was in my 12 by 12 square for 28 days to start my time at VCU. Uh, so that was rough. Yeah. That was my initial introduction. Didn't, um, didn't get to go to any classes, didn't get to meet anyone, didn't do any baseball activity, was just out there on my own in a 12 by 12 square in Richmond, Virginia. So great introduction. And then we move forward past that, get through my quarantine. And I start to go to the field a couple of days pass and I'm, we're doing backhands in the hole at shortstop, throw a baseball and my elbow snaps. Like I've felt the pop, like clean as day, felt the pop, go over to my trainer. And I say, this is not like this, something really bad just happened. Like I've never felt this. Like there's a tingling in my hand down the left, down these fingers. And I was like, this has never happened to me before. So I go, trainer sends me to the doctor. Doctor says it's fine, right? Doctor says, oh, it's a partial tear. He tells me it's a partial tear and then I can rehab it. So I spend the entire fall after getting hurt a week after coming out of quarantine, rehabbing my shoulder, rehabbing my elbow, the entire winter. And then I come back in the spring. And keep in mind, Virginia Commonwealth University was a top 25 team in the country last year. We, yeah. we got knocked out in super regionals by Mississippi State, who obviously won the entire fight, right. the college baseball tournament, the best team yeah. in the country. So we are very capable of being one of the top teams in the country and just kind of getting to experience that and be around that kind of culture. Believe it or not, it wasn't necessarily for me. At that, once you get to that kind of high-end caliber of baseball and that high level, there's a little bit of more individualness that you can kind of feel around your teammates. So, uh, and I never necessarily th like thrived off of that. I've always had the most fun and played the best baseball when I'm playing out of emotions for the people around me. Like I want to go to war for my head coach. I want to go fight and I want to go kill and I want to go be victorious for him. Cause that's, that's just the way that I play. I don't know. I'm a very emotional person. I function strongly off emotions. And so rewind it, go back to the VCU. So doctors tell me nothing rehab. Everything's good. So then I come in the spring, I'm fighting for a starting spot. I'm fighting to get healthy and I'm supposed to go out there and start against uh, Virginia tech. And they have one of the most ruthless crowds in college baseball. I was on the I, uh, I pinch ran in that series and I was getting heckled from this literally the moment I just stepped foot out of the dugout, just 3000 people just absolutely throwing beers. Like they were throwing cigarettes at us. Kids were pissing in the dugout on us, like absolutely crazy environment to be in. I'm supposed to go out there and start. So I'm stretching out and warming up and I felt another pop. I was about five or six throws in and I go to my head coach and I say, Hey, um, I can't do it. I, my elbow's killing me. And I remember like 
my coaches, they wanted me to be healthy so bad because they wanted me to be the starter and I wanted to be healthy so bad. And like, it just wasn't, we just weren't seeing eye to eye because I was trying to get healthy, but couldn't get healthy. And then they were just extremely frustrated with the fact that I'm a very capable baseball player, but I wasn't healthy enough to, you know, to play for the team, which obviously is frustrating for a coach. Uh, so I had to tell them, I said, I cannot throw a baseball. I was, I think I was playing with like three or four Advil and I was in immense pain running down my arm. Sure enough, my coaches basically told me to just, you know, rest up. And that was kind of it for me. That was this, that was really my story at Virginia Commonwealth because after that series, um, I said, I need to go see someone that is going to give me actual, uh, just better information on what I'm dealing with, because clearly everything that I did, according to the doctors at Virginia Commonwealth, wasn't enough to keep me healthy. So uh, we went up to see Dr. Alchek, who is the Mets surgeon for all of their Tommy John, did like Jacob deGrom, no Syndergaard, he did Didi Gregorius, a bunch of other people. Uh, he's located in Manhattan. He's, it's where he works is called Hospital for Special Surgeries. And I took, I took my x-ray from the fall, not the one from the spring, but the fall to him. And not my x-ray, my MRI, sorry. Uh -huh. So I took my MRI to him and he told me that my UCL was fully torn in the fall, that I needed immediate surgery in the fall, that I, should, that I should not have even tried to rehab. I should have just shut it down and gotten surgery at that time. So that was pretty frustrating um pretty frustrating for myself because like you know every second you get away from the game you want it back it's just for me I've just been itching to be on the baseball field because I've had a lot of stuff taken away through COVID and obviously through Tommy John now and like I just want to do I just want to play baseball like I've been itching for it more than I ever have in my entire life and you know kind of a little bit more off subject, but like being back in Long Valley and working out at the high school with Breezy and Connor, kind of like an old Sandlot vibe, kind of just getting after it with my best friends and just spewing just tons of different hitting knowledge and pitchers thoughts when you're in this count and just all of this information, it's incredible. Like it makes me want to continue to like, just be a student of the game. And it's also firing me up to get back out there because like I feel like for the first time in my life first time in my life like I haven't hit my peak yet as an athlete yeah no and definitely it took, not. it took me a while to figure that out because I had to see um a sports psychiatrist for a while because I wasn't necessarily like in the greatest headspace going through all of it and I'm very open about that like I I think it's an incredible uh luxury for a lot of people and I think that it can seriously help a ton of people but I had to kind of understand that I'm never going to be that player that I once was like that's a completely different player I need to focus and embrace the new kind of cards that I've been dealt and that being said my arm feels incredibly healthy my swing yeah. feels better than it ever has I'm running like I think I'm running a 656 6660 so all of my metrics are they're they're getting back exactly like they're where I want them to be and I'm I'm You're just not going to be the same. Why do you, why does that mean you have to be worse? 
Exactly. And that's just kind of something that I would say a lot of us athletes get into a problem with, with injuries, because, you know, it's very lonesome, you know, and not a lot of people can necessarily see eye to eye with an injury in sports because I know as a baseball player, it defined me. I literally walked around and told every single person until I was probably 19 years old. Hi, my name's Aiden Healy. I'm a baseball player. Like that is what I love to do. So like when you don't have that in your game, not, not a lot of people have that ability to kind of understand that like you're literally not getting to be yourself. Yeah. Like, that is a lot on some of these younger kids. And I feel like that fear when you're injured that you're not going to go back to you what you were before you just physically not doesn't or that that closes you off to, to if, if that's what you're thinking it closes you off to the fact that you can potentially be better absolutely, absolutely. right you're, you're just thinking about what you were rather than what well I mean if you if you didn't get hurt you wouldn't be you would be thinking of ways that you'd get better Mm -hmm. so so why does you know as long as you do what the doctors say and give yourself time to recover and and do all that why can't you get stronger why can't you get more motivated why can't you get faster you know these things that you've done and why does that you know why limit yourself to the kind of player you were in the past I mean you're absolutely right and one of the big things that I think ties into this that I want every single athlete to hear is you have to live and you have to play and you have to train in the now and what's going on in front of you. I can't control if I'm going to be in the starting lineup, right? Like I, I don't write the names in. What I can control is what I'm doing right now. Yep. That is all that athletes should focus on because from high school, when you're 13 years old, you dream to play D1 baseball and then play pro. You are so focused on trying to be somewhere you're not. You're not ever reflecting on the current image of you. And I had this huge realization after getting injured that I don't need to be the person that I once was. I just have to rock with what I have now and make the most of it. And believe it or not, I would say I've kind of not necessarily stepped down in the competitive nature, but I've kind of just become more thankful for all of my little small victories, like throwing a little farther and then throwing a little harder and then being able to hit live pitching again. Like all of that, I'm just kind of taking it little milestone by milestone every single day. And I'm putting each piece together and I'm extremely happy with where I'm, with where I'm headed. I, I think that that frame of mind makes you better ultimately. Um, I mean, it just sounds like VCU was like literally doomed from the start. You know, it's not even, it's not a knock on them. It's not a knock on you. It's just <laughs> sometimes, sometimes life shows you it just isn't the right fit because from there, you know, you may not be at a D1 NCAA tournament level program, so to speak, but you found yourself the right fit. And you're going to tell us about Rollins a bit here. And um, you found yourself a great conference. I don't care what D level it is. You look at the, the Sunshine State Conference and you see guys from every team getting drafted every year. And uh, you're playing in Florida and we know we know you like the warm weather. Yes, sir. So I'll, I'll, so everything of VCU, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash them. They're incredible people. They have different philosophies from what, from what I believe in. And look, that's the way that they play baseball. I wish them nothing. And but they're the good, best. right? They're good, good at it. No. Good. They're damn good. So I wish them nothing but the best. The experience and the location just wasn't necessarily for me. I still wish yep. them the best. Uh, but Rollins College, I cannot say enough about this place. So from 
a baseball player standpoint, I feel like I have had a lot of coaching through my time. I've been at three colleges. I've worked with some, I would say, of the best baseball minds locally around New Jersey. And, you know, I've traveled a bunch of places in high school, been all over Georgia, Florida, I've done all these huge baseball things. So I know a lot about baseball. I would say my knowledge for the game is pretty strong. And I always want to continue to be a student of the game. Division two baseball is a great, great, great place for students of the game. So, so much more than just even coaching, but I'm with some of the best like philosophies and best minds in baseball from all over the country, all these division one programs. I get hitting philosophies from UCF when I'm hitting with my UCF friends. I get hitting philosophies from Indiana. I get hitting philosophies from University of Texas. Like I get all of the best knowledge in hitting information, fielding, throwing, literally all of it just from my teammates. Like it's incredible. I don't even need, like, it's not that I don't need coaches, but it's really, really cool to kind of have all of these really incredible baseball minds come and meet at this one place just because they weren't in the right fit beforehand. So the best thing for me has been learning from my teammates. I love the, just the environment, the chemistry and everything that we're working towards. Because like I said about Furman, there is a family feel. That, that real emphasis to get to know someone beyond being a baseball player, to want to actually go to war for one another. And I can kind of sense that here at Rollins. Like I have that kind of same family vibe for my players. Like I want to go to war with every single kid that I'm fighting for a starting spot with. And it's, it's very weird. Normally you'd be like, ah, man, that kid stinks. But like, I couldn't say that about a single one of my teammates. If they're going to go out there and they're going to go get a ring, I guess what? I'll go sit the damn bench and be the best teammate I can be. But I hope to play, obviously, and I want to go get a ring and I want to be a contributor. Absolutely. But the realistic thing is, like, there is a ton of incredible competition. I have UCF infielders in my infield. I have a six-year, like, double senior shortstop who's played in the conference for six years, who knows the ins and outs of every team, how to beat every team, what every player is going to do, what this guy throws for a strike, what he doesn't. Then our third baseman, the pit transfer or uh, university in North Florida transfer or two of our stud true freshmen that just came in. Like it is unbelievable the amount of talent. So the D2, D1 thing, like you said before, it does not even matter. And I just want every single kid in the entire world to hear and understand from my experience that if I could have swallowed my ego and realized that it's not all about going division one and just trying to live up to that hype, because it does, it's literally, it's meaningless. None of it matters. If you're a division one baseball player and I'm a D three baseball player and neither of us get drafted, we're on the same page. Nothing changes. So my biggest point of emphasis throughout all of my experience after being in Furman and losing a program, going to Richmond, Virginia, and not necessarily liking the city and the environment or the weather because it's a little too cold for me. Um, and then switching to a D2 with 3,000 kids in Orlando, Florida, making like it is, it's just incredible to see like how much better of an athlete you can be when you're in the right environment, 
when I was in the worst environment, I got hurt. I wasn't happy. I was just, just struggling. And then I flipped the switch. I start working my butt off at Rollins. I keep going through my throwing and hitting rehab. And I enjoy every single day getting better with my friends and wanting to go to the baseball field, to work harder, to make our team better. Now, let me ask and, you something. I'm sorry. I, let, me, let me ask you something here sorry. because I think it's a, an interesting point because obviously the environments are different. But how much of it is it that, that you've changed mentally your approach to? Because I think that's something important for, for guys in high school to, to understand. We take baseball for granted, realistically. Uh, I think that that is something myself and every single other baseball player across the world could say. Yeah. It is truly a blessing to play this game. I have had it almost ripped from me so many times. I broke my back as a sophomore in high school. I lost my program. I, I told myself if I ever got Tommy John, I was hanging on my cleats. That's what I always told myself. But I had a good enough support system to say, keep working. So the one thing I would say is like, you get to play this game as a blessing. You are not guaranteed your next game, your next pitch. And it, it took me a really long time to figure out how much of a blessing the game is just to be out there smiling with your friends. You could be down 10, nothing, but the sun's still shining. You're still playing the game that you love. And it gets, and if it gets to pay for your college tuition as well, that's just an added bonus. It's all an added bonus. It is a blessing, man. That's right. So just young kids out there, man, I just be happy. If you can find a way to be happy, while playing the game of baseball, you will succeed beyond your wildest dreams. I've been at the highest level programs and wasn't happy and didn't feel like myself. And just because I was at the highest level program, it doesn't mean I was playing at my personal highest level, but I'm finding when I, when I'm enjoying myself the most with the people around me in the right place, I'm going to be the best. Like this, Future Aiden that is going to be hopefully starting come springtime. It's going. I'm very, very convinced that it's going to be the best baseball player that I've been yet. Now, one thing I wanted to uh, to talk about here quickly, and 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 I think it's an important thing is in your in your injured time, in your recovery time, you got into uh, coaching a little bit more. I mean, I know you. It, it, it was always something that 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 was you know kind of on your plate, but it you know, when, when you're not playing, you, you got some more time to do that and, and had your own team for the first time this past summer with the, uh, the Morris County Cubs. How has that impacted you? You know, the, that group of guys, cause uh, I know the kids came down to, uh, to, to Florida for a tournament recently and you got to hook up with them there, but uh, how has this, ex that experience in general, you know, not just made an impact on them, which we certainly hope it has, but how has it made an impact on you? It, it has been one of the most incredible experiences ever. I cannot even put to words what it's like to go out there and like, I genuinely think I have more fun coaching the team than the kids do have playing. Cause like I have so much energy from these kids, like radiating off, like every single time they're up to play, like, Oh, I threw harder than you. Or like, Oh, I hit the ball farther than you. And it, it's just like a never ending competition battle. And like, sometimes I have to steer them from, they compete against each other too much. I have to steer them away from each other. But the impact that these kids have had on me has been so 
so incredible. It's honestly such a blessing because I feel like I have 12 or 13 more little brothers now. Like I text them if they need anything, any hitting advice, you come to me. You need someone to help break down fielding, throwing, anything, come to me. You don't need to spend a single dollar. I'll do it for free. Every single one of these kids, they all know that. And I just, my, my appreciation for baseball developed and really matured as well because you only get to see the side of a player when you're playing. You can think you can see the side of a coach, but until you are moving around, literally moving around every single, every single kid on that baseball field, because at 13 years old, you are moving every single kid. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot. And it makes you really understand how much of a game of art baseball is. It's kind of like a little game of chess, moving your people to the right places and getting them to do the right things. So trying to necessarily, I would say, um, understand just more situations as a coach and to kind of get to know how to manage a team and what it's like to be the head figure and responsible for every single action. And I have to deal with parents and umpires and players and be respectful and make sure that I'm making these kids like hopefully incredible grown men because at the end of the day that's my that's my number one goal I said be respectful and you can never argue with umpires we don't do any of that but I mean hey look my kids they do have some spice they need to have some jersey spice they got some oh they got some, some characters but uh you know like I said before 12 or 13 more little brothers that I would do literally anything for and the parents of those kids are incredible they are so supportive they just encourage me beyond belief and to have their support and know that their sons are doing better because of my impact and make that's making them oh my god it's it's a, i don't even know words for it i don't even know words for it but just coaching and really getting to experience that was it kind of saved my game in baseball like it redefined the love of the game for me like every single time I go to the baseball field, every single time I go to the baseball field now, I think of those little kids. I say I want to work harder for them. Like I want, I want them to say that I coach them and I can be in the big leagues one day. I think that that would be the coolest thing ever. So every single time I go to the field, I think about them and I push myself a little bit harder. So, what was the best? What was the best part? Of, what was the best part of them coming down to Florida? Oh my God. Um, so they, uh, what they did was pretty cool. They got to stay out in a really nice house. All the families came together and they put together and stayed in like a really big mansion. So either just playing ping pong or pool and hanging out with the family and just kind of like getting to know everyone on like more of a personal level and the families was really, uh, was really enjoyable. But I, um, I really got the most uh, satisfaction out of taking the kids to Rollins and we did, um, I took them onto my field. We did IO. We, uh, we hid in our cages at Rollins. I showed them my weight room, my locker, my ping pong table. And then I got to show them a little bit of, of the school and like every single kid, they're like, I want to go to Rollins. I was like, I want to go to Rollins. And I was like, you know what? That makes me happy. Cause like all these little kids, like they're all just like, Oh, I'm, I'm this perfect game, number one rank, like this kid's perfect game, number two, like they're so caught up in that and like what their status is and how they do in a tournament. And, on, and if it's on social media, 
but like that stuff doesn't even matter. I was a no name recruit until my junior year in high school and grew like eight inches. I was a no one. So like just having these kids realize that they can succeed and find enjoyment and love their life at a school that's not D1, it's not Vanderbilt, it's not a Clemson, it's not one of those places that they can just be happy being themselves somewhere else. I think that was one of the really cool, um, most influential pieces. Because like the parents told me as well, they were like, you know what, you all, you opened our eyes too. Like, this is a really yeah. incredible spot. And I was like, awesome. That makes me feel a lot better. So I'm hoping I'll have a little, a uh, couple Rollins commits in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You go right into coaching when you're done playing because uh, coach will have a job for you selling or, or marketing or something, right? The school will want you there. <laughs> Count me in. Count me in. I love the area. It's, I Look, if you're listening to this and you've never been to Winter Park, Florida, you got to go. Got to go. You understand why I fell in love with it. Got to go. Aiden Healy, our guest today. We said it during Sandlot season many times. We need more of you in the game. And uh, we're certainly glad you're still in it and uh, looking forward to Rollins baseball this year. So, so thank you for, for stopping by today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, to all the little kids out there, ball for the day, live in the moment. That's Keep right. Keep doing what you're doing right now. Aiden Healy, our guest, final Jersey baseball show of 2021. Couldn't ask for a better guest than Aiden today. We, uh, we look forward to seeing everyone next time. And uh, happy new year and happy holidays, everybody. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you, Mike.